Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of deals, mergers, and acquisitions. Hi, I'm your host, Alex Sherman. This week's Deal of the Week isn't actually a full-on acquisition. Rather, it's a significant minority investment in a company. But that investment was only reached after several years of acquisition negotiations, which ultimately broke down and failed. I'm talking about Sirius XM Satellite Radio agreeing to invest $480 million in Pandora, the internet streaming company. Pandora also sold a unit of the company called Ticketfly for $200 million in a concurrent transaction. The agreement actually canceled a $150 million investment Pandora agreed to about a month ago with PE fund KKR. Pandora paid KKR $22.5 million for its trouble. Joining me now, Bloomberg Entertainment reporter Lucas Shaw. Hey, Lucas. Hey. So you have been following this saga between Pandora and Sirius, as have I, uh, for quite a while. Let's start really simple. Uh, Remind us, what is Pandora? Pandora is the world's largest online, or owner of the world's largest online radio service. Uh, Kind of a a very early technology meets media company, uh, very successful for for several years because it was one of the first ways that you could stream music online uh, and, and was growing very quickly for a long time. And then four or five years ago, uh, that just stopped because uh, a lot of these services like Spotify and subsequently Apple Music came around and, and YouTube in its own way. And so Pandora has spent the past few years trying to figure out of what is the best path forward. Uh, and there have been a lot of uh, investors who believe that that is a sale most likely to, to Sirius. And as you pointed out, this deal is kind of the culmination of this tap dance that's been going on for a while where they negotiate in the press and it seems clear that they fit together, but once either they, they can't agree on a price or they, they don't want to sell, uh, and, and finally they come up with this deal that seems like a half measure that will eventually lead to full ownership, but we don't really know. So help us understand why these companies seem to fit together. Sirius is the largest satellite radio company. Satellite radio uh, is a technology that's really popular in a certain generation of cars, but the thinking is that in the long term it will will kind of fade away, much like satellite TV, which is a reason that both DISH and DirecTV have started to look at at other areas. Uh, And then Pandora is, as I said, the largest online radio company. So you get Sirius, which has this legacy install base in cars uh, and and is a, a profitable enterprise that gets to pair with this company that's figured out how to do radio online, and the hope being that together uh, they could be the most formidable challenge to terrestrial radio out there. Right. So as I think the, the, the thinking there being that uh, as the car becomes connected to the Internet, and, and this is happening fairly quickly, uh, that a streaming service like Pandora may be able to deliver what has been previously older technology, in the form of satellite radio. And your point on likening it to satellite TV is a good one. I mean, you can look, direct TV sold uh, to AT&T, sort of realizing that satellite TV's future at this point probably doesn't work on its own. And, and, and DISH has really tried to convert itself into a wireless company. It hasn't quite gotten there yet, but it's certainly possible that DISH ultimately sells down the road as well. Um, so instead of selling here, Sirius is trying to go on the offensive 
I was just going to say, on the point with cars, that's an area that every new music streaming company has tried to tap into. Pandora has spent a lot of time and energy talking to the different automakers in Detroit, trying to get embedded and kind of pre-installed into as many different cars as possible. That's an area that I think you'll see Spotify increasingly focus on, and that Sirius is, is way ahead of both of them in that regard. So Sirius's plan here is, instead of selling itself, let's try to buy something and we'll convert ourselves into sort of a newer technology company. But I think part of why this deal happened uh, is that Sirius really negotiated fairly well with Pandora. And perhaps you could argue, uh, and, 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 I, and I'll let you answer this question. Uh, well, in fact, let, before you answer the question, Lucas, let me quote from analyst Rich Greenfield. This is what he writes in his note this week. He writes, quote, it is hard to look at Sirius XM's $480 million convertible preferred investment into Pandora with a 6% dividend and Pandora's concurrent sale of Ticketfly for just $200 million, less than 18 months after agreeing to buy Ticketfly for $450 million, as anything but a failure of Pandora's legacy board of directors and management. Now, part of what goes into that statement is that when Sirius initially floated this idea of buying Pandora a year or two ago, they were... The, at the time, they sort of floated a number of $15 a share. And now they're buying a 20%, roughly 20% uh, stake in Pandora for a much lower valuation. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment, Lucas, that this, in the end, comes across as a big failure for Pandora? Yeah, I think that Sirius, Sirius definitely won this negotiation. When they, as you said, when they were first talking about a deal, it sounded like Sirius wanted to buy it for about fifteen dollars a share. Most of the people I talked to on the Pandora side weren't going to accept anything south of twenty dollars a share. And then by the end, we started negotiating between ten and fifteen, and it had gone below the price that Sirius wanted. And the the issue that Pandora had is that the story of their flatlining growth was something that they couldn't get over, and they never came up with a solution to counter that. You know, they've spent the past couple of years investing in all sorts of new areas, whether it's that ticketing business that they bought and then sold for a fraction of the price, or creating its own on-demand service a lot like Spotify. None of that developed quickly enough or successfully enough for them to kind of justify needing a, a premium. And as time went on, the stock price kept going down and confidence in, in the management and in that company's future never recovered. Let's talk about that ticket fly business. So, as I mentioned, $450 million was the agreed upon price. Then Pandora actually ended up paying $335 million for Ticketfly because of the drop in value of the shares issued by Pandora as part of that transaction. And then less than 18 months later, they sell the business for $200 million. What exactly is Ticketfly and why was this such a big money loser from a valuation standpoint for Pandora so quickly? Yeah, it's an, it's an online ticketing business uh, not so different from a, a Ticketmaster. In, in fact, one of the, uh, the guy who leads Ticketfly previously sold a business to, to Ticketmaster. He was kind of created one of the first online ticketing systems. Pandora bought this a couple of years ago, the thought being that if you could pair an online ticketing service with radio, you could more, you could more effectively target your ticket sales. You could help artists sell a higher percentage uh, of any given show because Pandora knows something about their fans. It can basically use these two services to triangulate between different music fans. The wasn't terrible. There was just never a real reason for Pandora to have to own it. It always seemed like something they could kind of integrate into to Pandora, and it was also sort of dangerous because it meant that they were kind of going against Ticketmaster and Live Nation, which 
you know, coincidentally shares an investor, uh, John Malone, with their, their new owner in Sirius. And over time, you know, most people thought that Pandora overpaid for Ticketfly at the time. It was, you know, a small but growing player in that marketplace uh, that is kind of led by, by one or two much larger players, and it just couldn't scale fast enough to ever justify the, the price that Pandora paid. And they, like, they clearly lost some leverage in all facets of negotiations. So yeah, they kind of had to take the deal that they could because there's no way that Sirius wanted anything to do with the ticketing business. It, it's worth explaining Sirius's ownership structure because you just pointed out because it's a little weird. Uh, John Malone is the controlling majority shareholder of Sirius through Liberty Media, but Sirius operates as an independent company with its own management. It's just that Liberty Malone's Liberty Media um, is is sort of pulling the strings from a strategy standpoint, not necessarily an operational standpoint. What was weird with this particular deal was that you would hear Greg Maffei, who is, let's say, Malone's number two, uh, he's basically the CEO of Liberty Media, where Malone owns is the owner of Liberty Media. Greg Maffei would come, and as you mentioned at the beginning, would publicly issue statements wavering, sometimes saying, we're really interested in Pandora, sometimes saying, we're not that interested in Pandora. Meanwhile, on Sirius's uh, conference calls over the past year or so, the message from the serious management team was consistently, we're not really interested in Pandora. Uh, so if you're thinking that we're going to buy this, don't. Now, of course, they did end up taking a 20% stake, but one of the things that kept coming up over and over again on the conference calls was that Sirius was not a believer in Pandora's on-demand business. Lucas, tell us a little bit about what this on-demand business was, because it was a fairly new business. Was this just an attempt to replicate what Apple and Spotify does, and why was Sirius not a believer in this business? When you hear the the, the phrase on-demand streaming and music, that means Spotify. It's a it's an app on your phone or on your computer where you can listen to some 30 million songs, touch of a button. Uh, the chances are that you need to pay a price, typically nine dollars ninety nine cents a month, uh, for that. And there may be a cheaper version uh, where you get kind of less functionality. You may not be able to search for any song at any time. And this is is a business that, that Spotify has led for the past several years. It's got more than 50 million customers. Apple have entered it a couple of years ago and has quickly become the clear number two. And there's really no one after that. And the growth of those services accounts for almost all the growth in the music business over the past several years. And it's something that Pandora initially said wasn't affecting it. And then with, with time, they had to concede that it was, and they decide to their own service that they, of course, said was not like Apple or Spotify's, but was very similar in that very basic sense of kind of all this music a la carte. Uh, but they entered kind of late, and it's too early to see if they're going to find a big customer base. A lot of people have their doubts. It's not really something that Sirius wants because it deviates from radio. You know, Sirius is really focused on this radio product. One of the reasons is probably the management realizes that the cost, you can be a profitable radio business because you're, the outlays to the music business are relatively small. If you're a performing artist, you don't get paid for getting played on radio. Um, you you do uh, or, or you do for for some online and, and like Pandora, but the rate is is kind of drastically smaller. It's really hard to build a profitable on demand business like Spotify's doing. And I my my sense is that Sirius just wants wants no part of that. And another point here I should make is that it, really, if you listen to what Sirius was saying, 
while they were picking apart the on-demand business, they actually the argument was even broader than that, which was, I think Sirius was saying, we don't believe in a purely ad-driven model, which is where Pandora makes its money. Uh, so in other words, they were sort of throwing shade at the entire business by saying, we believe in our model, which is subscription-based. We charge yeah. users a, a amount of money per month, and sort of like a cable model, they pay. Is there any indication that now that Sirius has a 20% stake, which is not a controlling stake, and they do have three board members, but they have not replaced the CEO of Pandora. Is there any sort of indication yet about whether Sirius will attempt to influence Pandora to somehow get out of the purely ad-driven model and try to go to a more subscription-based, purely subscription-based revenue model? I don't think so, only because if you looked at the press release that the two companies issued announcing the investment, they talked a lot about Pandora's ad business and continuing to build that out and did not mention the new on-demand service at all, which signals to me that they're pretty much going to let that die on the vine and try to somehow combine the subscription business of Sirius and the ad business of Pandora into some kind of dual revenue combination that resembles uh, almost a, a cable network. So a lot of the best businesses in media are these dual revenue stream where you both have subscribers and charge for advertising. How, how that works together remains to be seen. Uh, but I think you're likely to see advertising continue in some way, shape, or form on Pandora and that this new on-demand service go away. Lucas Shaw, Bloomberg Entertainment reporter, Joining us from San Francisco, as am I, although we're in different rooms, oddly, based on this setup. But, Lucas, I'll come say hello to you in about 30 seconds. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can find all of our episodes of Deal of the Week on Apple Podcasts or Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show while you're there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Lucas, where can people find you on Twitter? Lucas underscore Shaw. And if you have any guest suggestions or topic suggestions for future shows, please email me, asherman6 at Bloomberg.net. Sarah Patterson is our producer. Alec McCabe, head of Bloomberg Podcast. See you next week.